0: Welcome everybody. Um, Bob Kimball here and John Jordan's kind enough to JJ to, to join me and and really sit here with me and shepherd me through my my first time back teaching after after a major life shift. And our um first of all I just want to say how much my family and I appreciate the love from the church and from the community here in Arlington that we continue to experience. We're still in the middle of our of our trial, um, and it, it, it's a big one. It's a life changer, uh, but there's so much sweetness and good uh, through the trial in the body of Christ, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, as we walk through Psalm 91, uh, we're going to go through Psalm 91 um, over the next couple of of sessions. It'll take that that long to get through it and and really harvest through JJ and I's collective experiences in the Word and in life. And we hope that we can uh, help those who have been through some really tough trials. I think that probably, probably one, every one of you can point to different degrees of trial that you've been through in your life without question. And, and we we hope that for those who have gone through the really severe stuff, like what we're going through, this will continue to give give you hope because we're hopeful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're so grateful to be part of the Gathering Church and part of the Arlington community and part of the body of Christ. And, and it's awesome. So with that, I'll, JJ and I are going to dive into Psalm 91. And... Um, J.J., if you would, just kind of break it down for us sure. a little bit, and we'll get started.
1: Yeah, I'd like to, I'd, I'd like to ask you first, what is it? Uh, why did you select this passage?
0: Psalm 91 has always been um, a battle cry for me through what I thought were trials until what happened September 9th has changed my life forever and has rearranged my life for me, whether I like it or not and um, and I'm just embracing that. So I was um, a little confused maybe initially about Psalm 91 and that somehow for those of us that dwell in the secret place, um, that no harm would would come near us. I took I took maybe the psalm a little too literally and and I think maybe that at times the church uh, tends to only look at, what we hope for, um, and, and not always what reality is and, and what the Lord set up. And the, the psalmist that wrote this, it's beautiful and it's exactly what we strive for. But it, there are things implied in here that I missed until my trial. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that, um, you need a Psalm like this because you're going through some trials, and I should have understood that because this is the psalm that our warriors use going into battle. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, but our, 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 you know, many of our warriors are give their lives on the battlefield, mm-hmm. and there'll be many of us Christians that are all of us ultimately are going to leave this planet. It's just how are we going to go out? You know, we'd all like to go out old. And healthy, mm-hmm. right? If we could be healthy until we're old and just go to sleep one night, we'd love that, but guess what that's that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. so that's why I picked
1: it all right, thanks. well, the psalms of of course, I think uh, most of us know that these are this is a collection of songs, and uh they come from various authors, and um, they really. Uh, express the whole range of human emotion and, and the way we deal with God and the way um, we struggle with the things that we're going through. We struggle with our relationships. We struggle with our relationship with God and with other people. Um, so they're, they're very, very rich. David, of course, uh, wrote many of these. Um, some of these are older, much older than David, and then were collected um, mostly by David uh, Psalm ninety-one um, is uh, the scholars believe that it was written by Moses, and it does contain some messianic message in here. And I'm just going to read through it. The in in total, it's only 16 verses, and then we'll kind of uh, take it a look at yeah, look at the elements of it. So Psalm ninety-one, I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation. Yes. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, No evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. So um, there's several themes that are going on here. And um, the first I like to point out that there appears there's there's two different people addressing the reader here. Uh, One of them is... um, A a human person addressing, and then the other one is the Lord. So, the first part down through verse 13, uh, this person is describing God, describing Moses. Supposedly, Moses is describing um, the attributes of God and the way that God uh, treats his people, the way that God cares for and rescues his people. And then the second half in Um, verse 14 through 16, this is the Lord says, so this is God speaking to his people. So looking within this, the the first theme that we see is, uh, dwelling in the shelter of God. And in verse one, you've got a, a few different, uh, concepts in here. So those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of the almighty. Now the word shadow, the, the, uh, Shadow, remember that in this area in the Egypt and and uh land of Canaan area, it's, it's pretty hot and deserty. So mm-hmm. uh shadow or shade was very, very important, and that's where people would go to f- find rest and find comfort. And um and then the imagery of the shadow of Christ's wings, mm-hmm. shadow of God's wings, um, that is uh that is where healing happens, that's where rest happens. So one of the things that I was uh, wondering about is when when you started going through um, the challenges with Carrie and this was on your mind, what what was going through your heart regarding rest?
0: You know, when uh, that day, um, it was a normal day for us and we were on the back end of our first trip without without kids of any length of time. And it, Carrie was perfectly healthy. And um, all of a sudden, we, we get out of the place called the Boiling River in Yellowstone, and Carrie looks at me and tells me that her head's exploding. And, um, and I go, what? And I'm looking at her, and she said, my head's exploding. And she grabs her head, and, and she just collapses and, and goes into seizure. Hmm. Um, so I was, I was at this point in a real state of shock. And, uh, praying there, fortunately there were a lot of people around us. Normally we would have been in the back country by ourselves. So it was, um, it, it, we were, it, we were grateful that we were there and there were other people and they were able to call. And so my immediate, um, reaction was to get Carrie warm. She had a bathing suit on and get her covered up. Um, somebody immediately was a nurse was there and helping me cause she was having a seizure. Mm-hmm. And and I
1: was this just a passerby or
0: this was just passersby that saw we were in trouble, and we were immediately surrounded by people trying to help cover her up. Someone got their cell phone and called nine one one, and it didn't seem like very long before the rangers came down the trail, and and were able to um, to get to Carrie, take her to the ambulance, get her in a helicopter, and fly her to Bozeman. And the well, you know, my world shattered at this point because I didn't Carrie was in a coma at this point, completely unconscious, and it didn't look good. And I you know you I knew immediately it was an aneurysm. I just I just knew in my heart that's what it was, uh, and told them I think she's had a brain aneurysm. And they flighted her to Bozeman, where it turned out they couldn't treat her. so we, so I had an hour plus drive in the dark, through these mountain, this little cave road, and then opened up to the freeway. Um, and my whole time, I'm pleading with God. Mm-hmm. And I'm praying for healing. I'm praying all the prayers Carrie prayed over me when I had my heart surgery, just asking God, please don't take her from me. Uh, please let her just, I just want to hold her hand and have an opportunity to tell her I love her and say goodbye, if that's what if that's what's going to happen. Um, and and I begged and pleaded with God and cried out, "Why?" You know, I was confused. You know, as what? Why did this happen? And um, by His stripes, Lord, she is healed. I prayed that over and over and over again. By His stripes, carries healed. By His stripes, let no, let no, let no weapon form against uh, her shall prosper. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a precious soul of a person who loves Jesus more than anything, more than life itself. So there wasn't a lot of rest <laughs> in that in the early part. And the rest has evolved f- when I couldn't pray that all the kindness, all the goodness in people comes out in a tragedy like what we experienced. Nobody was trying to take advantage of us. There, everyone wanted to try and help get Carrie to care, to do the best they knew how to do. The rangers... Uh, Our dog was two hours away in in an RV and we threw the keys to one of the rangers and said, my dog's at at Henry's Lake and we're here and good luck. You know, I got to go. And they made sure Mm. things like that, you know, uh, I I, uh, and then we airlifted from Bozeman. They couldn't treat Carrie when I got to the hospital. They told me it was really bad and she looked terrible. Um, and it was scary. She looked on to me hmm. and we, but we were able to get in the airplane and I got to hold her hand and fly with her to Utah. Uh, we got to Utah about one or two in the morning. Um, and they had to drill holes in her head to get the pressure out because her head was full of blood. That was a very severe, um, uh, uh, brain aneurysm and filled her cavities with hematoma. Hmm. And so that next afternoon, uh, they opened her head up and, put a clip on it. That clip later failed when we got to Dallas and she had a second rupture. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sucked as much of the hematoma out and, and 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 put her back together. Uh, I couldn't pray. I was so in shock. I didn't, I couldn't cry. And the rest that the church gave me, when you guys had the service in the park, uh, I saw that on Facebook, mm-hmm. Kate or somebody had mm-hmm. videoed it. Um, and it was the first time I was able to cry I cried mm-hmm. it it un, it just let all that out mm-hmm. um, and you know i I couldn't talk I was in shock on that drive to the hospital um, but once I calmed down and then being able to release that uh and 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 then the process started of fighting for survival mm-hmm. uh, and and the 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 people um of all faiths, really, and no faiths, uh, who who gave their best to give her a chance. You know, we had 65 different nurses in Utah alone, just Utah, and I have every one of their names, and we're going to go back there and honor them before this is Mm -hmm. all over. 20 some odd plus doctors directly on her case every day, and they let me be in the meetings daily as they Trying to keep her alive from all the different things that happened to her, mm-hmm. um, so I, I I went through a period where I didn't know how to pray, and I mm-hmm. had to lean on you guys, you know, because all the things I knew to do, um, and uh, I, I it no longer seemed like they they had any power in them. The one thing I I did is I said, Lord, I trust you. I don't understand this, but I'm not giving up my trust in mm-hmm. you. And that brought peace and, and rest.
1: One of the things that I uh, really noticed in your interactions when you when you were able to come back was that um, you, you always had a joy about you and uh, you were always focusing on the victories and focusing on the positive. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it made me kind of question in my own heart. It's like, wow, if I were in that situation, would would I be like rejoicing in those like tiny little victories? And to me, it was what you were focusing on was what you had and not what you had lost. Mm -hmm. And um, I think uh, getting on to the next section, uh, this is what I'd like you to kind of help us understand is um, in verses two and four, they really talk about refuge and safety which um, really means those are like preventive measures, like preventing harm. And then verse three talks about rescue, which I I kind of view as that's kind of stopping harm that's in progress. So I'll rescue you from the trap. God will rescue you from the trap. So you're already trapped. You're in trouble. God's going to pull you out of that. And uh, so those those two concepts, like really, um, as we were, talking and preparing for this, we kind of looked at the, uh, the reality of our human condition where uh, if we weren't always in need of this rescue and always in need of this prevention of, you know, protection from harm, um, then we wouldn't need passages like this. Right. Right. And, and so to, to, to take, uh, to take the promises of, of God, these words of God, and then, and then automatically make the assumption that, well, if I believe, then, um, I'm not going to have problems. (laughs) Right. Or, or, uh, later in the verse, it says, uh, I protect those who trust in my name. And then do we doubt ourselves and say, well, I don't trust him enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you feel during this time on this?
0: You, You know, there's, um, Wow, there's some valuable lessons. There's, there's, and hopefully we'll have time to dive into some of them. Uh, one is, uh, foundationally, going into this trial, um, they the we went we went in fortunately, with a solid uh, base and and love and church body around us. We were surrounded by a, f- a family that. That has faith, imperfect, not perfect. Mm-hmm. I would never imply that, you know. Um, and but we went into this uh, trial, this battle, if you would. Yeah, even if Carrie hadn't made it, um, it, 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 it the the trial, uh, the tragedy w- would ultimately, I believe, not have shaken our faith. Uh, But I did learn some things, and I learned how grateful I was and am for the preparation of years and years and years immersed in the Word, Mm -hmm. um, years of collecting relationships, being invested in relationships uh, in the body of Christ who have come to our rescue. Mm -hmm. God comes to your rescue uh, through people, through His creation. Um sure there are times supernaturally where uh there's rescue and I'm I'm if if God chooses to supernaturally heal Carrie in a way to where she's fully restored I'm still praying for that. Um but you know the human condition is that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. You know there uh, we talked about the concentration camps in Europe, you know there were good people who loved the Lord who perished in those. Uh there there have been plagues. Uh, We probably lived in an unprecedented time of lack of this kind of tragedy. So for me, one of of the real lessons was, thank you, Lord. Thank you, my biblical community. Thank you for all those people who poured into my life to help me build this foundation in the Lord that uh, that we had an opportunity to minister to so many people while we were There was a light, there was a spirit in Carrie's hospital room that you didn't see in every hospital room. There was worship music. Uh, She came alive when the worship music and videos were on. Um, And and so I just, one of the things that we should do is be prepared. Every single one of you are going to have a trial, health-related, guarantee you. You're not going to leave this world until you have a health-related trial. You're going to have one. That's how we exit the planet, right? Our body breaks down at some point. Some of us it happens earlier than others, and we need to be prepared. And how we get prepared is uh, we spend time in the Word. We we build relationships in the body of Christ, and we we share what we've learned, that hope that we have, the hope that you see in Psalm ninety one. Um, we 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 share that with people. We got to a point where where through our desperation of needing to stay close to the Lord in the hospital room, that there was there was this love of the family, love of our friends who came to visit, the music that was in the room, some of it live. Thank you, uh, Ryan, for bringing live music to Mama Bear and my son, Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, there was such joy and love in there during all of this. It was contagious. And there would be nurses that were training other nurses because we're in a teaching hospital and they would hang out in the room, not because of us, but because there was a love of Christ in there that was bigger than this tragedy. So that's one thing that I really learned. One sad thing I learned is I had a few of the people who I love and respect call and implore me to pray for healing in a specific way that carries her, her, her physical restoration in this world depended on the performance of my, my prayer and my spiritual life. Um, please don't ever do that to anybody in my situation. It wrecked my world for days, created for me an anxiety that I've never felt before. Um, and I gave all that back to God and said, this is, you know, this is way beyond my ability to manage. Mm-hmm. And my prayer life is is not going to determine her her outcome. It's just not. Yeah. And I'm going to be obedient and pray for healing, but I'm going to lean lean on everyone else in the body to help me pray mm-hmm. for carrying her her continued healing. But I don't believe in any way, shape, or form that somehow my performance is going to is going to determine her outcome. Yeah. You know, that's all in the Lord's hands. I trust Him. Um, I'm going to be obedient and pray, but I, I don't for a minute think that if I fail in that, I don't perfectly pray for her, that somehow she's not, she's going to recover less. I just don't believe that. Yeah. And to imply that in people that, Hey, you've got to pray this way. And, and, and if you don't, it, it she's going to lose her battle with the devil, you know, that's, yeah. um, I, I, I just don't believe that.
1: Well, that, that puts the, uh, you know, of course there's power in prayer, but the power in prayer is that God cares and God answers and God loves us. And, uh, when, when we turn that around and, and we make it a performance thing, yeah. right? right. If my, if, okay. So if you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can, you know, move mountains. Right. Well then if, if, I fail, or if I'm not within God's plan, or God has different timing than I and I put that on myself, where okay, well, I didn't have enough faith, then we're making it a performance based thing, right? Right. There's nothing about the gospel that is performance based. Our job is to trust God and to love Him and obey Him, right?
0: And here's who came to mind to me when that performance based thought process. Came to me, and what came to mind with me is I have a good good friend who loves the Lord, who lost her son. Her high school senior son um, fell asleep coming home one night, and and ran into a tree, and died. He didn't survive. Didn't have the opportunity for restoration that we're praying for for Carrie. And all I could think about when you know when on Facebook when people are 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 encouraging us, but occasionally it would drift into, hey, because you love the Lord, you know, Carrie's been saved. Mm -hmm. Well, um, be careful with that, because there are a lot of people who love the Lord whose loved ones uh, weren't saved, Mm -hmm. and it didn't have anything to do with the fact that they dwelled in the secret place or not. Mm -hmm. Many of them dwelled in their secret place exceptionally well, maybe better certainly better than so many different people, me included. Mm -hmm. And and yet their outcome wasn't so great. Mm -hmm. And we live in a fallen world, and our restoration hope is in Christ in eternity, beyond this life. Um, We we can't expect that it's going to be here. And what we can expect here are really tough trials. And interestingly enough for me, the richness of the relationships that are forming now post my old life, my old life's gone. I'll never, will never go back to that old life. Mm-hmm. Um, life for me is forever different. This the person that took care of me for 30 years and did so much for me. I'm now responsible for taking care of her. Everything she did, I do now mm-hmm. or my kids are doing mm-hmm. and uh, all those things that, and and I'll never do it as well as she did it, you know, but it's sweet it's different, but it's rich and it's lovely and it's good. It's different. It's a different kind of good. It's not a kind of good I wanted. Um, so that's, you know, for me, that's a really valuable uh, lesson. We need to be careful how we encourage people in tragedy mm-hmm. because there's a lot of people around them who didn't, who didn't win the battle to stay alive in this in this atmosphere of the planet Earth, they moved on to be with the Creator, mm-hmm. um, and they're saved. They're with the Lord. They're in a good place, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there were times when I thought, "Man, have I selfishly prayed for Carrie to stay here with me?" Um, and And she's got a, a trial she's going to have to go through when she could have been with the Lord, rejoicing and singing. Mm-hmm. And hey, I, I've come to peace with that too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she's here because the Lord wants her here and has more work for her to do. Mm-hmm. And my job is to nurse her back
1: to health, That's right.
0: whatever health the Lord has for her, and then we'll go from there.
1: And, uh, you know, we'll, we're all going to breathe every single breath that God had planned for us, right? Yeah. I'd like to wrap up this okay. session with, with this thought. Um, you know, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul he was um I guess where tradition tells us that he was, you know, killed by Nero. And uh he had been in prison for a long time. And uh Second Timothy is uh what we have as the last recorded writing. Um he, he probably had other letters that we don't have, but this is the last one that we have. And um, so he's in prison writing this, and he, he's writing um, in 2 Timothy four, uh, seventeen. He's talking about how God had rescued him before. He says, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. And so he's he's rejoicing that his purpose here on earth, that God left him here on earth to fulfill the purpose that God had for him. And then he says, yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And so what, what he's looking at here is is is. You know, he's saying this: the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack. Well, Nero's deadly attack was certainly evil, but Paul points out here that his safety is in the heavenly kingdom. There's nothing safe about being on this planet. Yeah. There never has been since the fall, right? Right. And and so, you know, I just I just see that throughout this uh, this whole um, ordeal that your family's been through is that your hope is, is not here on this earth. Your hope is not in our physical bodies. Your hope is in the salvation of God. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, I'd like to just close us in prayer. Yeah. <clears throat> Father, we're so grateful to you for the things that you've done, that you hear our prayers. When we lift up our voices to you and we open up our hearts to you, God, that you care and that you hear us and that you answer us. And, um, father, we're, we're so grateful that Carrie is alive, uh, that mm-hmm. she is functioning, uh, that she is able to be here on this planet, uh, with us, uh, for our comfort. Cause we all know that we'd all be better there with you in heaven. And, um, But Lord, she's here fulfilling your purpose, the same as as you saved Paul, even though you saved him in prison, you still fulfilled his purpose while he was in prison. And while Carrie is imprisoned by um, this this attack that she's had, and God, the limitations that you've put upon her body while she is imprisoned there, your message and your hope and your goodness still flows from her. And we're Mm -hmm. so grateful for that. Lord, I just pray that you would reach into all of our hearts and just uh, help us to understand that you are God and that you are king and you are sovereign and that you love us and that you care for us. And Lord, we will rest in you and we will find our peace and rescue in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.